Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. You know, first off of coffee, I understand we have some late nights here. These are recorded in the middle of the night here, in case our listeners don't know that. It's about 11 p.m., but uh, we only have the finest coffee that keeps us awake here. You know, I'm starting to become more of a coffee snob over these, um, I'd say like probably last month or so. I went out of my way, well, I should say I had my wife go out of her way and purchase some All Beans Considered at the local 2J's not too recently. Here in Two J's of all places. Yeah, small business shout out there. Uh, Two J's, I think it's just a grocery store. I don't know what else. They sell like vegetables and stuff too, but uh, apparently they have a really big coffee selection from what my wife tells me. You know, for uh, many years, they were the only place to get organic, free range, uh, whatever, dolphin food you wanted. Um, and now sort of the big supermarkets have picked up on it. There's at least an organic aisle at Super One Foods there in town and most other supermarkets are in on the craze, but, you know, still stick it out to 2J's. Absolutely. Totally worth it, specifically for the coffee selection. So, we got the All Beans Considered, gave it a shot. It wasn't that great, you know? I wasn't, uh, I, I considered the beans, and uh, I don't think I'll be considering them again, Jim. So, wasn't good, and, and we even tweeted to them and did not get a tweet back, which is uh Not even a nod. It, it was... You, uh, not even a like. Do they do likes on Twitter? I, I post on that sometimes, too. I think so. so. Uh, it was uh, Montana Public Radio as well, and like they stayed silent as well. So it felt like a slap in the face, to be honest. Well, it was. You know, maybe there was a budget cutback, and they, they had to let go of the Twitter person or, or something. Um, but Montana Voices Podcast does not uh, solicit Ooh. donations or, <laughs> or handouts uh, from anyone at this point. Uh, if you want to send us one, we'll take it, but... We're not soliciting as of right now. No, not uh, reaching out to you to be reached out to us. Yeah, so no GoFundMe yet. You know, having said that, uh, I told my wife that I was disgusted with the outcome of the entire All Beans Considered coffee jab there. So instead, I had her on her next outing to the grocery store. I believe she hit up Smith's next time. Or maybe it was Walmart. One of the two. But anyway, uh, she went down the aisle with all the fancy bags there and she picked up one that was called 1850 and then she also got a bag of Javalier coffee so 1850 is that from the gun people uh, i thought so uh she showed it to me both of them together and i was like oh well Javalier, that's a very fancy you know high-end brand there so it's probably going to taste good not montana but i'll look past it for that you know and then this other one 1850 Jim, I tell you, it had a prospector on the front of the bag. Uh, he was knelt down there with his pan. He was sifting for gold in a stream. 
gave you a great feeling. So I was like, yes, great. We're going to go with that one. 1850. Um, that, is that so, from Valor Coffee? I tweeted no. out to... Well, no. yeah, it gets better here. So I had her brew me up some of that. And it just kind of tasted, you know, not fully plain, but it just had a little bit of a vibe to it. Like, it, you know, it just kind of tastes like raisin coffee, I should say. It didn't taste gourmet compared to that Javalier stuff we got. So it's a Folgers rebrand, I, I guess. It, it, precisely. Um, I looked at the front of the bag a little closer and it was the Folgers company. And I was like, wow, you, well, wow, you got, I've been had. They got me with the prospector. Uh, it really was a Folgers product. Yeah, fool's gold. Oh, I was. <laughs> uh, you're you're absolutely right, uh, and I like how they put that on the package. Indeed. So today, instead, for Christmas, my wife had gotten me a, a bag of the stuff called Double Death, and I had been holding off on it because it seemed pretty intense. It's got like double the caffeine in it, so I cracked that open. And it's got full beans, so you have to grind it yourself. So I ground that up, and I poured some of that this morning. It's got me pretty jazzed up right now, still at this time of night. So, well, it is double the caffeine, and you know, I was sort of looking for a way uh, for a different, you know, entertainment venture that I do to figure out the coffee caffeine content of coffee, but I've yet to figure one out without advanced chemistry or even with advanced chemistry. So, any suggestions on that? And I'll be welcome, but um, moving into to local coffee, Folgers obviously not. Uh, I picked up a bag of Va- Valor coffee. It's apparently brewed in Lincoln, which they say is one of their great selling points, and it needs some selling points because it is pricey. It's like $14 for 12 ounces, um, closer to 15 if you get it at the Lincoln gas station where they also sell it, but it is great coffee. It's maybe slightly better than the Liquid Planet uh, Mexican coffee we usually drink here. I didn't know about this. I'll have to give it a, sh- uh, a shot here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, based in Lincoln, and you know, can't com- complain about that. Supporting the local business there, they're not really on social media. So I did tweet out to Valor Coffee, which was a hashtag that was previously unused. So I'm I'm not surprised they haven't gotten back to me yet. Indeed. Um, real quick on the whole coffee thing, I think it is worth uh, doing a small business shout out. Real quick, one uh, that. If you're in Great Falls, you really should try and get down there while you still have the chance to. Five Loaves Coffee House and Bakery uh, seems like they've got a couple locations around town, but it, after 14 years of serving coffee and baked goods to the Great Falls area, uh, they will be retiring and closing their doors in April. So that is that is unfortunate. I've had their coffee before, and I read the uh, KRTV article on the subject. I did not know that they were... Um, sort of related to the Crooked Tree people. So it was interesting note that I found out in all this. Apparently it was his daughters that uh, split off and ran Crooked Tree. Yeah, I had no idea about that either. Uh, I've talked to the guy before at a church event in the past, and he's a really, really nice guy. And it seems like he had quite the nice business running there. Um, from the sounds of it, he wasn't making hand over fist cash the same way that that crazy guy from Starbucks who tried to run for president next 2020 uh, might still run for president could still god help us he doesn't um but this guy seemed a lot more less crazy and a lot cooler so uh it's cool to see that he ran such a successful business for such a long time and you know like i said they're closing down in april there so if you get a chance to before then get in and 
uh, can grab a cup of coffee and something to eat. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of presidential runs, uh, it's going to be hard to pick between Howard Schultz and Bullock. But uh, in the primary, I'll, I'll have to split that hair. Indeed, it's going to be a really hard toss up there. Uh, probably have to use a coin. Yeah, I have not heard much more for the uh, prospective Bullock run for the presidency in 2020. Of course, there's you know a dozen other Democrats that are putting their hats in the rings already. So um, I, I don't know if you would even have a chance against somebody like uh, Kamala Harris or uh, uh, whoever else is going to be in there. I think Liz Warren was also in. Was uh, has Clinton announced yet or? She said she was going to run for parliament, and uh, I saw quite a lot of people on my Facebook were really, really enraged about that. And that goes to show you how much they know about the uh, United States government, it would appear. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think that he has a chance in hell compared to people that are known at a national level. Because not a lot of people know who the fuck Steve Bullock is outside of our state, which isn't a bad thing. You know, keep it... Keep it Montana, keep it safe. But I, yeah, it's just Cal- not the California, right time. New York. I don't think they're gonna want to go for him over Bernie. Yeah, and you know, Tester might even have a bigger shot. He has been in the national headlines. Uh, yeah, he outed the uh, Candyman. Remember, he's he, <laughs> Tester's done his due diligence there to make sure that he's got his footing in the door. Uh, should the need ar- ever arise in the future, Bullock, though, I mean, what? Waves as he created. Well, he got some national news for a sex scandal. Ooh, yeah, but not his was, own, not his own. I got it. Yeah, yeah, not not his own. And then on top of that, he this is right in the coattails, pretty far down the line for the Me Too mo- movement. Um, not to like say it's not still horrible, but um, when you throw it in there with all the other ones, like that's not something that is going to stand him out of. Uh, you know, great significance, especially in a public or in a positive manner in any sort of way. Well, he has apologized for it, and that was on sort of my recap thing. He, Bullock has issued an apology, and he says, uh, has regrets that they did not, you know, screen these people better. So, um, yeah, apology accepted, I guess. So, you know, I, I wasn't sure if he needed to issue an apology. It's probably just a, a public thing, because are you really responsible for the actions of your employees? Well, when you're trying to run for president, uh, everything matters. Probably, you know, well, for some people, I don't well, think Trump would apologize. Well, speaking of the presidency, you know, who's not running for presidency? AOC, who we're not going to talk about on this cast, even though we are sort of continually pushed that direction for some reason. Yeah, well, you know, when everyone around us talks about her on a consistent basis, we're kind of forced to bring it up as well. Because the elephant in the room. <laughs> and it's really annoying because it has nothing, no bearing on what happens here. Because she's in New York. It's New on York the other City. side. New York. You know, like straight up, dude. There's uh I, there's so many miles in between her and us. It's not even funny. Well, she is in the House of Representatives and there's some I don't know, three hundred or so. I can't even remember how many there is. No, three fifty. I don't know. Um, that's a non-Tana issue, but she has the same political clout and the same vote weight as our you know, representative, which is uh, Gianforte. So oh, maybe that's why they uh, don't like her as much, because she literally can outweigh Montana. Oh, okay, maybe this all makes more weight. sense now. 
a single district in, in New York is the same in the House of Representatives, not counting the Senate, which we are vastly overrepresented by population with our two senators. Well, so her and Nancy, you know, they they outweigh it. So that's why everyone hates the two of them. I, I'm all betting. Uh, there's well, there's her and anyway. Nancy have silenced Montana. Oh, my goodness. You're making the point there. Yeah, so maybe there is reason to be concerned, but we're not going to spend any more time on her, even as much as for some reason, you know, everybody likes to be on either side of her, which is, uh, yeah, unusual because she's this twenty-nine-year-old or under thirty. I don't recall exactly. You know, freshman representative from Montana. So, moving on uh, into our recaps, uh, one of the issues we covered in the last episode was the. Uh, of course, the tribe over in a CSKT um, forming a committee to discuss the missing and murdered indigenous women. And they waste no time on it. They've already had um, a few meetings on the subject and uh, public meetings over in, uh, looks like this one was in Polson. So, you know, that was a story where we'd hope something would come to fruition and they, they're they on it, chomping at the bit. Good. It's about effing time somebody got involved on it there. Well, you know, they've sort of been involved on it, I wouldn't say say them. And I will point out that, you know, maybe we shouldn't uh, look at them through the same lens as we do, say, you know, the other tribes, uh, I think seven of them, uh, like Browning or Lame Deer and such, because um, the tribe over here, CSKT, that's Confederated Salish uh, Kootenai tribes up near my neck of the woods, are the only ones covered by Public Law 280. Um, and that was, you know, put into effect in the, uh, I believe, the 80s. And it pertains to the federal government kind of wanting to wash their hands of this whole um, tribe business and reservation stuff. And so they allowed the states to have more authority over, you know, tribal lands. And in Montana, they're the only one that's affected by that public law. How did everyone else get out of that? Um... You know, I'm not sure. That might be a, a history lesson to look up. Maybe it's because they have their own police forces, which is, you know, different than the other tribes here in Montana. I don't believe any of the other tribes have their own hmm. police force. I could yeah, be wrong. Well, no, might... well, I mean, when you say that, well, yeah, because I guess in like Browning, it's the city of Browning PD, and then you have BIA, which is in just federal, and that's basically the same in every other place. But there's not a tribal police that's run by the tribe. Yeah. So, so yeah, and yeah. sort of that weird reservation. Or, I don't want to put it that way, but some crazy uh, tribal dispute stuff, man. Um, we should really get an expert in on this kind of subject matter. You're absolutely right, because this is very complex and it differs greatly by tribe and differs greatly towards, um, you know, how the gov- federal government was feeling at that specific time. So. You yeah, can I tell even just by going up to, um, you know, that neck of the woods, when you go to, like, the towns that are located on the Salish Kootenai area, uh, it's just got a different vibe to it than, you know, your Browning or your Rocky Boy does. You know, it's one of the questions that uh, anthropologists and sociologists have studied for a long time. So what makes, you know, a specific group of people such as the Salish more successful than, um, say, say, the Crow? Um speaking strictly in economic terms. Um, Gianforte has some opinions on that, which we discussed in the past episode, uh, some about property rights and how they don't respect law and etc. So, or is that Danes? No, that was Gianforte, as I recall. (laughs) 
Gonna yeah, that sounds like something. Uh, I don't know. Danes has, I don't know. Gianforte though, he is the one I believe who tried to sponsor the bill for the little show, isn't he? So he's got a soft bone, but it's also got a very emotionalist side to it. It's weird. I don't know. Whatever. Well, Anyways, got to tote the Republican lines here. So he's. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, you know. Uh, that's right. Vote red by American. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, what was uh, recap from the last episode? New boss over in Great Falls. Uh, only needs a passing mention because nothing new on that. We'll probably hear some complaints about the new superintendent in Great Falls at, at a later date. Indeed. Um, just uh, a new guy coming in to fuck shit up even more. So uh, looking or, forward to talk about how he screws everything up for the town. Uh, I hope he's on that heating issue at Great Falls High on day one. Good That's luck, buddy. You better be there handing out coach to every kid that walks in the building. <laughs> Uh, maybe he can pull the Trump thing where he's at the school and he's just throwing space blankets at kids. <laughs> he's, no, the, uh, the, God, what, not the space, yeah, I guess it is space blankets, right? The, uh, the tinfoil ones? Yeah, those are the ones. <laughs> the hyperthermatic, thermo ones? Yeah, you can certainly do that. Uh, we discussed, uh, expensive housing around the state, specifically, uh, we found an article criticizing Helena's housing, which is, uh, I think of a bit of a more uh, forgiving market than the Missoula current rates, which is ridiculous. And we talk about sex with students, particularly how you cannot do that anymore if you're an administrator or a teacher or work for a school in any capacity. Hopefully, um, that bill went to committee last we checked, and uh, there is a committee hearing on it, and we're going to keep you updated on it. So far, it doesn't look like it's going to get tabled, uh, which is basically when it sits in committee indefinitely and never gets to the floor for a vote so that that would be a thing we I was gonna say this one i'm sure everyone's shaking their head in dismay that they like even what? have to pass it as they just shove it through of just yes yes just we it's sad that we even have to but let's just do it so i mean mm-hmm. it's sort of something everybody can agree on so i mean i don't see that not passing if anyone you know, steps up on the floor there to uh, pipe up about it being a bad idea. I have a feeling that person is going to be looked at with some raised eyebrows by their colleagues. Absolutely. And then we uh, talked about Tester and Tester No. Um, Sydney, there was an article out from uh, Public Radio. Are we not mentioning them again anymore? Uh, snubbed us on the coffee. That's some radio station. I don't know. So, like yeah, on, on the waves of the uh, public air. Let's say that. We. <laughs> Yeah. Was exactly. it M- was it national or was it Montana? It, it was Montana saying oh. the tester favors a compromise in the border wall. And one of the things we discussed on that is, you know, compromise meaning what? I mean, if they call it a border fence instead of a you wall, is he going to compromise vote for the five or compromise? Yeah. Thanks, Bryce. Compromise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Glad I have you here to keep me in line. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, he wants to give him a border wall because he knows how to deal with. Well, he doesn't know very. It's very clear he doesn't know how to deal with Trump that great. But he's trying to deal with Trump. And I think he thinks that giving Trump a little bit of cash so he can fuck around with the wall uh, construction for a bit. Oh, five billion isn't a little bit of cash. Um, Does he want to give the full five billion, or is he looking just for some of it? 
he did not illustrate what that compromise was. Um, he said that you know some fence. He used the word fence could be utilized, and that he also wanted uh, to basically use money smartly by you know intelligence, drones, the border patrol, etc. The whole the whole thing. So I'm he, sure some areas could probably use more than you know the bit of chain link that they have there, but. Um, you know, that yeah. should be on the northern border, as we discussed in previous episodes. Yeah, you know, um, they have all those little uh, signs in the middle of nowhere with the little, like, help SOS buttons that you can call. And they'll uh, alert the Border Patrol that you're there. And they have little signs that say, that you, you know, you should hit the button because you're, like, within a day's walk of food and water in any direction and you'll die. Yeah, they are... There was an uh, episode of uh, uh, Bear Grylls. Remember him? Where yeah. he was he was on the border, and he was uh, trying to survive out there, and, and things got a little rough for him. And he found the Rio Grande, and then he crossed it, and then he was uh, swarmed by a border patrol. And he's like, hooray, I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> it was that his whole idea, too, of just like, oh, God, wait a second, there's the river. Okay, watch this. I know how to get saved. <laughs> and then he just... <laughs> Oh, boy, am I glad to see you, fellas. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So we talked about, uh, you know, locks on the Missoula Bridge here, the Missoula Walking Bridge, which is near the, uh, I think, Cufferton downtown Great Falls and that sort of little strip, or Missoula, excuse me, and that strip mall. And great news, there's been an update to that. The love locks are staying. That's not a great update. That's uh, you, you, really... That's adding, of the love locks? Uh, that's compromised to the structural integrity, uh, integrity of the uh, bridge there. It's only a matter of time before you have like a daycare going on a walk across that thing and it's going to collapse and you're going to have a bunch of dead kids. And why? Because a bunch of romance walks. Because uh, they didn't want to compromise on this. You know, like I just don't see... Uh, it, it's just stupid, you know. Why? Why can't we just not? It's such a a, a useless waste of metal. Uh, of metal. I thought you guys were a hippie town. We are. You were all town. about conserving and saving the planet and stuff. You know how much uh, metal is mined out of the earth in order to make one of those locks? It, it's just some cheap. You know, plate steel. It's a plate steel. You know, yeah, steel is the enemy here. You know how much uh, coal needs to be burnt in order to make steel, even the oh. plate kind. You know, I mean, we're gonna get into it deep here on this as to why uh, Mister Dreadlocks there shouldn't be telling me that uh, these locks are a good idea because they're not. Man, they're they're gonna collapse the bridge and kill kids. Uh, well, I think the bridge was designed for cars, so. Um... And then was converted to a walking bridge, I believe. I might not be accurate on that. It is a, a nice bridge that looks like it was made for cars at one point. Because there's the road that goes up to it and became sort of a cul-de-sac and was yeah, blocked Yeah, to an off. extent, though, a lot of these locks, though. I mean, how many of these locks have to amount to a fully packed, you know, VW Beetle, uh, you know, parked there on a constant? Yeah, it broke down on the bridge for sure. Exactly, so, and and there's no one coming to get it. Why? Because they went to Oregon. So, you know, a whole lot, and there's not that many locks, and we're not talking about a huge bridge. This is, you know, maybe a hundred, hundred fifty foot bridge. So even if they you know, cover the entire thing in locks, I don't think it's gonna you know affect anything ever. 
And well, apparently the uh, county commissioners agree because it's a county bridge, not a city bridge, interestingly enough. I see. Well, I've never seen this bridge, so I'm uh, making quick judgment uh, based off of nothing. So. Oh, you're missing out. Uh, I think I have some pictures or something of it. But, you know, speaking of that uh, that waste and that, uh, that such, we're going to dive slowly in a little bit into environmental issues, and then we'll get to our actual new issues that are written on the docket here. This is something that uh, I hear a lot and really, you know, irks me. Uh, there was a story off of Fox News National um, this time um, talking about how all the Democrats uh, that are running for in 2020 um, support the new Green Deal, which is not a thing. Once it maybe becomes a thing, maybe we'll discuss it further. But how they um, fly on planes. So um, basically tries to make them out to be hypocrites in that fashion. Which, uh, you know, I sort of re- disagree with. You can't get around this this plane business or cows farting business either. Joe Biden so, got around the plane business just fine. Uh, what what Biden do? Amtrak. He wrote Amtrak. You know, I'd be... Everywhere. Look it up, dude. He Amtracked the living fuck out of the rail. You know, he's really putting his money uh, down on that. That Well, that's good. But that doesn't quite work out for a president. You know, Amtrak doesn't go to France. Well, yeah, for the president. You know, who um, Joe Biden suspected may run in 2020. So, we'll see how that works out for him. We'll have Amtrak 1. I was going to say... Just you watch, you know, who or maybe uh, Warren Buffett will get in on that. We'll have BNSF one. Well, into our new topics. Uh, Oh, that was a perfect segue from planes. My goodness. Uh, I didn't even plan on that, Bryce, uh, because we're going to talk about planes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, That sounds like a good title to me. Uh, You know, first matter of business here uh the bozeman daily uh you know is criticizing the lack of airports in rural montana and it sort of says that that's what's stifling you know some of these small towns it specifically pointed out a couple that uh you know moved to phillipsburg but has to work on the east coast uh you know from the sounds of it at least weekly in which case moving to montana is probably not the best idea for that couple if they have to fly to New York once a week. That this just sounds painful. First of all, there's not a nonstop flight. I don't believe out of Montana. He got to hit uh, Fort Worth or or uh, Denver first, I think. Yeah, but that's literally like anywhere you live in Montana. Like you cannot get a straight to New York. So, um, in that regard, that's on them for not being high up enough in the corporate world that they. Uh, could just work from home on a constant and they need to be there physically at their job in a hotshot east coast area so well they're just gonna have to live in a hotshot east coast area which you know further cements my other things there's not a direct flight to new york uh because maybe there's there no should reason be. to go there yeah i was gonna say we don't want maybe we don't want to make it that easy you know you're right you know take a train amtrak uh is runs runs along yeah. the northern border. It's, hit, it's you know, fine. hit it up there. It stops in Shelby. Shelby, Haver, and we got another one further west, don't we? Um, I think it might be Malta. Uh, good stops, good maybe, stops. Maybe not Malta. Um, I don't know. Something over there hits. And have you ridden on one of those guys? They are, you know, to a T. I mean, I, I rode on one during the Obama era, and, and say what you will about the guy, but at least his trains were on time. 
um, they will they will let you off and they tell you straight up this train leaves in 15 minutes uh, whether or not you're on it the door will shut with you right in front of it and just take off I actually saw that happen they were Oh, a couple was diddling around or something, and they came back. The door was closed, and they were like, let us on. But the train was already going. Yeah, no, and, uh, well, I mean, the conductor's all the way up there up front. You know, it's a lot of doors to be closing. Yep, and, you know, they only have in some areas one rail, and, you know, a freight train, you know, pulls off for the Amtrak train, and it's time down to the minute. So it's, you know, it makes sense to me. The trains were on time. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, and really when you think about it, uh, human lives, although very precious on the rail line, are kind of second class on the rail line because there is goods to be delivered. Yeah, mainly oil. Great, mainly oil. Um, a- absolutely. And one thing so, I've never understood is why couldn't the um, you know passenger traffic be combined with you know freight traffic. Uh, you know, like they used to. Oh my so. God. <laughs> Why? Well, no, just, you know, you have a bunch, you know, Amtrak train isn't that large. It's 20 cars. Can't you just tag that in the back of an already existing train? Uh, no. I'm not seeing why not. Well, for starters, let's say that's an oil train. Let's say you derail. Uh, that could be a problem, but these things are, are so rare. <laughs> are so rare. Jimmy, Amtrak itself derails enough, like, on a constant and has enough deaths on a constant to make it, like, really, like, you've explained to before that, um, you know, your, your chances of dying uh, in an airplane are statistically smaller than, like, dying on, like, any other form of transportation. Exactly. Yeah. So, like this, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on this point. I hate to do this, but, um, and I'm yeah. a big, big advocate for the rail line because I think that we should go back to it in full. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it's, it's still susceptible to a lot of injury and death and screw ups. Well, derailments are pretty rare, and also derailments where there's a they're not you know, a breach. We just had that... one just recently here. Really, I didn't think that was a, that prevailing of an issue. I'm going to look it up because I swear to God, we just had one like in the state. Oh, man. Hopefully it wasn't the 737s again. Yeah. In their natural spawning coal, ground. Here. Coal derailment. Ah, coal. Well, I hope they clean that up. Ah, is, uh, could take weeks, it says here. So Exactly. So imagine like you had a bunch of people in the middle of that could take right. weeks on top of like uh you know months and years for all the legal disputes about all the people that you killed um when you know this wasn't a coal train but was an oil train and they had a bunch of fire kick up oh man you know? so well there's got to be a better way to do this certainly other regions are of non-tana you know not america also not america non-america um do trains very safely and very successfully, and also a lot faster than we do. They got those bullet trains in places. Like Japan? Yeah, no, we, they put us to shame. That's pretty sad. Hmm. Uh, There's been a number of, uh, you know, very ambitious train projects, and uh, as far as I know, every single one of them has failed. Yeah, I don't understand it. It is really strange 
I, but we can make subways. Has... Subways is somehow the the model that works, but an above ground high speed rail is the one that doesn't. I mean, it it seems like it would be more difficult to dig a giant tunnel in the ground. You'd think so, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I have a feeling there's a really big. Um, how do I say this? There's a really long buffet line uh, to get to the funding for being allowed to use the rail. Yeah, it's... uh... The buffet line is very, very long and very expensive to get past the buffet line. Uh, I think I get what you... Yeah, if you you pick up on what I'm saying, so... (laughs) Well, uh, Well, back to Montana, you know... Back to uh, you know the Bozeman Daily criticizing a lack of rural airports. Yeah, I'm not sure Phillipsburg needs an airport. They do have a brewery, but do they really need an airport? Uh, a lot of small towns do, such as Lincoln. They have a not an international, obviously. It's just a grass field. But Phillipsburg small... is like right next to Missoula, isn't it? It's about a little over an hour away, I think. They, I've been there. Okay, uh, now they have no reason to get ups- to be complaining like. You know, but I, of course, uh, the Bozen paper thinks everybody should have an airplane. Of, of course. course. Like, yeah, this is a problem for people there. You know, who... <laughs> I mean, this is a great segue for uh, speaking of, uh, you know, Bozeman residents that have troubles with airplanes. But we'll get into that in a second here. To get back to my the point I'm making, though, the person in Phillipsburg who's got an hour's trek to Missoula who has an international airport that can then... Uh, fly off their merry way to whichever exotic location they please has a much smaller drive time than, say, somebody who makes the same poor uh, geographical settlement locations, uh, well, more so than theirs, and decides to, you know, plant themselves in, like, plenty wood or broadus or ecolaca, God forbid, you know, then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that person complaining? Oh, I have to go to New York every week. It's a such a pain. Just the drive to Billings, and it's like, well, <laughs> geez, why did you choose Ecolac? Well, I love Ecolac. You know, well, I can't fault you there. It's a beautiful place, but um, I, geez, maybe you should try to see if you can telecommute. You know, and the same goes for you, Mister Phillipsburg. Mr. Phillips, well, I think that couple moved out because of the, you know, travel time. But, you know, this is Montana, and an hour of travel time is not unreasonable for a lot of people to, you know, live where you want. Uh, I have a, a co-worker that, uh, we, we work out of Missoula, but he commutes from Hamilton every day, which uh, just seems painful to me, but he he does it on the daily. Wow. Yeah, some people just... Uh... You know, they, well, I don't know, driving's just not a big thing for a lot of people in that regard, you know. An hour to get there, it just means you just got to get up a little early, and then uh, you got your drive time to get there. That just means you got some time to do, uh, you know, whatever you please for an hour. Listen to music, unwind a bit, get ready for your day, uh, listen to your podcast, hopefully listen to us. Absolutely. Uh, definitely subs of Montana Voices podcast, I hope. So... Yep, uh, plane troubles. Um, Bullock is, uh, you know, being criticized uh, for his use of the state plane, which is uh, 
not a fancy plane. Uh, they like to try to make it seem like he's flying on a, like a 737 and it's landing in a, you know, Broadus or, or whatever. But it's a... Uh, well, it's not landing in Phillipsburg. <laughs> <laughs> it is an early 80s Beechcraft twin turboprop from the early 80s. Ooh, is it still, like, safe? I think it's more of an issue I think that people should be concerned about there. Like, geez, man, why is our governor out there gallivanting on... Uh, <laughs> maybe you should just be flying Delta like everybody else there. It's much safer. Yeah, you know, small planes are the most dangerous of the air travel. But, yeah, that's early 80s. But pl- non-pressurized planes have sort of a uh, indefinite service life. It's pretty much as long as you want to keep them in the air um and the difference is uh with a pressurized plane you get flexing of the steel uh, every time you go you know up where it needs to be pressurized and inside the steel expands and then contracts when you come down obviously so but a non-pressurized plane um as long as you want to dump money into engines and you know yearly inspections and all the parts you're going to need can have an indefinite service life such as the dc3 you know, made before world war ii and is still flying today you don't say. Yeah, even in its original form, a lot of them have been converted to turboprops, but with their original motors, or are still flying. Uh, specifically in Alaska, I can't say if we have any in Montana. Let's see. What about that, um, this is way off topic, but what about that one plane that had the three engines and the one, uh, the third engine was in like the tail? It was oh, super the- unsafe. Oh, that's another point of government uh, regulation. That was a number of planes. Um, yeah, a number of planes. It was like, like a DC-10, wasn't it? Yeah, no, DC-10 had four engines, I believe. Uh, a DC... Oh, an MD-80 had the engines in the bag. I'm trying to remember. Um, before, um, I think... Was no, it it's a DC-10. Douglas DC-10. Yeah, before... Uh, I think it was Jimmy Carter that deregulated the airplane industry. It was Jimmy Carter. Um, you know, if liberals doing things, do you regulate things? That's totally not a liberal. I don't want <laughs> not at all, dude. That's well. He's the reason why we have air travel as we have it today, because it it was heavily regulated, and uh, they took a lot of those restrictions off. Um, basically, they you know sort of guaranteed Ooh. a profit to incumbent companies. There was not much competition in there. Uh, a lot of companies went bankrupt afterwards, but you know, air travel as a whole has not suffered as a result. So. Yeah, dude, you know, this the market I was, recovered. I was absolutely thinking of the DC-10. I just looked it up, and this thing is oh horrific. Uh, as of September 2015, uh, it has been involved in 55 accidents and incidents, uh, oh. including 32 hull loss accidents <laughs> with 1,261 occupant fatalities. Uh it has been involved in nine hijackings, so that's just like an unfortunate statistic, I guess, uh, resulting in one death and one bombing. Uh, despite its poor safety record in the 1970s, which gave it an unfavorable reputation, the DC-10 proved to be a reliable aircraft with an overall low accident rate as of 1998. Well, it took them a while to... Uh, let's see the the dc 10s lifetime safety record is comparable to similar second generation passenger jets as of 2008 i don't know 
those really planes talk it had, up there at the end, but that, those first couple sentences were pretty disturbing there. Well, the DC-10, like other um, trijets of the time, um, had that third jet, which you know didn't do a whole lot. I mean, it was there when it was more of a hindrance um, due to federal regulations. Uh, Tritops, I believe it was called. Um, basically, you could not fly more than 90 minutes from an airport if you didn't have more than two motors, basically. So you had to have a, you know, nowadays, since that uh, restriction has limited, you have, of course, huge airplanes that are just twin-powered, but at the time you had to have three motors. So that is if you wanted to fly over the ocean in any capacity. So that third motor was placed there by the hindrance of government regulation, I'll argue. Indeed. I saw a lot of stuff, though, where that... uh third engine had a tendency to break apart and if it did like it was man you were done for basically because you would break up the back tail yes that has happened a number of times and there was one that they uh almost successfully landed at a uh airstrip which was also a drag converted to a drag strip um when the that third engine flew apart and severed all the hydraulics and they only had uh the remaining two engines to fly with and control the plane in every capacity no control surfaces. Wow. Uh, you know, real quick shout out there. If you guys have not seen it yet, the, the movie Flight uh, starring Denzel Washington. Oh, man. It's insanely good. Uh, uh, according to pilots, I know it is not accurate to the profession, but it's darn entertaining. Really? Not a- accurate? Yeah, not accurate. Uh, well, for a number of things, the uh, pilot and the uh, the first officer are... In the cockpit, you know, regardless if they have a titles, are considered equals. Um, and in, you know, in much of the scenes where the first officer is a subordinate and you know treated like a boy scout, it's it, it's not the case. Of course, you're flying with professionals, and at any point he could, um, if he suspected the pilot was drunk, like he he was, you could have him removed from the plane, even if you are the first officer. Uh, you have the right to save your life, basically. I see. So you can be like, "All right, fella, you're out of here." Yep, and actually, the um, you know, pilot profession is one of the lowest rates of uh, you know, you know, deaths as a result of regulation. There's a lot of programs in place to help people like Denzel Washington if they uh, you know, are drinking and using cocaine to take the drunk off. So <laughs> it, it's not a, a big of a problem that uh, you know, the movie wants us to think, or it's something that pilots say wouldn't even be possible in the current climate. I see. Well, um, you know, regardless, John Goodman's best, <laughs> best role ever. Moving on. I got so off topic there. I apologize. Um, yeah. You no, did. So, uh, uh, you know, he's in an, an unpressurized turbo twin prop, whatever. Fine. Give him his shit plane. No. Uh, so who who's who's bitching about this now? Gianforte. Uh, Gianforte is Greg. Which... What, what are we so angry about there, Greg? What are you, what are you flying around on? Well, uh, uh, he's <laughs> well. It's not even American. It's a it's a Swiss plane he's on. Um, it is. Oh, I it... figured it would be an Airbus there because that's what Delta uses, right? Because he flies like all of us normal people uh no no he flies to washington in his own plane it's a 2001 pilatus pc-12 which i had never heard own of. plane yeah fly, or does he he fly it like john travolta style fly it 
like nope. Har- well not like Harrison Ford style fly it but like kind of like Harrison Ford style fly it uh that I couldn't tell you I'm not sure if he's a, a licensed pilot I wonder that or if he's paying a licensed pilot because licensed pilots are pretty uh, expensive aren't they uh for these small planes they're surprisingly cheap um I don't really? know if you remember a while back that where there was a plane crash uh on the tarmac uh, because two pilots were distracted arguing about their second job at McDonald's. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. Well, I will <laughs> Okay, I stand completely corrected. I had no idea. Yeah, so his first <laughs> Oh jeez. So uh, this plane can be flown by one pilot. It, it, it looks like the uh, Pilatus PC-12 out of uh, you know, Swiss, Switzerland. Uh, not definitely. There's no Montana planes you can buy, I don't believe, other than experimental. But uh, definitely not an American plane. You should. Uh, I'm going to urge Gene Forte to get a Beechcraft like a real patriot. Yeah, if he uh, loves America. But, um, you know, if he really loves America, even more so, he would... Um, fly commercial yeah i mean it's got it it's bound to be a lot cheaper than it is to maintain and own your own plane uh you know and then on top of that you can maybe connect with a lot of your constituents you know uh anytime i get on a plane from out of state going to great falls it's filled with people who live in great falls who you've never seen before but you know they're all going to great falls because they know somebody or live in great falls you know yeah and i i can't say if gene forte is billing us for this um yeah those details i'm i'm no, not sure that's of. fine i'm not saying he's like using tax dollars for that that's i'm sure he's not but um still though man like come on hang out with your uh people and the same goes for tester tester uh, you should be hanging out in coach for that matter. <laughs> uh, News Talk 95.5, which is uh, your equivalent of the Patriot over in Billings. Um, they, they carry your, your favorites, uh, Levin. Um, you know, they have the Rush Hour. They have a Hannity on as well. Um, they had an article where apparently um, one of their, you know, quote reporters. I, I say reporters because it's really an opinion right wing you know, news source. So reporters quotation marks. uh ran into Tester on a plane, and um, he does point out, well, I just quickly went back to my coach seat with the rest of the regulars, basically. (laughs) Well, I, for one, would not want to share a... Senator Tester, your highness, kneels. (laughs) I would not like to share a uh, regular class uh, row with John Tester, in my opinion. We are both, you know, yeah, muscular, we'll say. <laughs> that would be uncomfortable for both of us, I think. So I would be all right with sitting next to Tester. I could ask him about all of the dirty deets uh, at the lunch table uh, between Blumenthal and Schumer, you know. Yeah, get on the inside track there. You know, what's up but with, with uh, Booker's personal life? Dude, I, let me know. I have flown on a plane with with tester uh we just did a handshake and you know he pretended he remembered me but i don't think he did because i, I think i've met him like four or five times oh so, he totally remembered you it, 
face with the name. Uh, well, when you hit him up to be on the cast, um, just be like, remember you saw me on the plane? And we'll just ask him about it when he's on the show. He uh, definitely flies. We'll, we'll we'll drop the question there. He definitely flies commercial, but he does fly first class. I can, yeah, I personally attest to that. However, they get. It looks like Tester. Uh, I imagine the same applies for Gianforte. Gets reimbursed the market rate of a uh, commercial ticket. So I'm not sure if he splurges for the first class ticket or if that's actually covered. That I could not say the details on that. Well, if he's taking advantage of. The- just the way a shitty law is written you i mean i guess that's what everyone looks down on them for is because you know they're the ones writing these shitty laws but um i don't know like if they're you're gonna get approved for a, a god damn it that just means that we're paying for it then at that point fuck tester fly coach you just... <laughs> fly coach get in the way back get right by the bathroom like everybody else <laughs> I just want one. I mean, do you? Okay, I hate to throw it back to her, but AOC, do you think she flies coach? No, she's got to go all the way across the country. Jeez. Well, she doesn't, though. She's going from New York down. So, like, it's a lot closer than you think it is. Is it? All right. Well, geography is not my strong subject. I mean, it's it's not like super close, but, you know, it's closer than. Actually, you know, I'm going to look it up right now on maps because I'm curious myself. But I was going to say she might actually take the train (laughs) because I'm pretty certain there is an Amtrak route. You know, if she was flying on a plane, I assume we would hear the usual, you know, arguments for the environmentalists. They fly on a plane. They shouldn't tell us to, you know, not have straws or (laughs) whatever it is they do. So... Yeah, I assume we. I I can't say what she flies, uh, because she's not from Montana. I I don't keep track of her flights, so yeah. Fl- urging Tester to fly coach. I don't know. Should we do that? Yeah, I I, this I personally is a four don't. hour drive. This is this is us to to build like from Great Falls to Billings. Oh, she should be on a bus. She might take. I mean, really, she might make this in the Civic. You know. Does she have a Civic? I, I haven't kept track of them. I imagine, you know, if she's, uh, well, I don't know, because if she's living in New York, like it is ridiculous to have a vehicle. Even, I mean, it just registration and then to pay for parking and all that, it just becomes uh, a big, just not even worth it. So, yeah, you're you're probably right. Maybe doesn't even have a car. Couldn't say. I, I'm actually not even sure what uh, Tester would drive aside from uh, a tractors. So he's uh, uh, a, he's got a Tundra. I know that, or he did at one point. He has a Tundra, really? Yeah, uh, uh, I saw somebody within my family there had seen him getting out of the airport here in town, and the wife was picking him up in a brand new Tundra. And he's like, oh, well, he's fitting into that new job pretty well, right? <laughs> yeah, those are not cheap trucks, especially optioned. You can easily spend 50 grand. Indeed, I'm sure he went for base model on everything. Yeah, base model, cloth seats, uh, no air conditioner. You don't Ooh, do that. A disclaimer, though, the route that is three hours and 41 minutes uh, has holes on it, so... Oh my goodness! So I imagine she would take another route. 
Yeah, you'd, you'd have to. But, you know, Tester and a Tundra, you know, that's interesting. We'll have to do some research in a future cast and maybe have definitive answers to exactly what it is Tester drives. Because in every uh, campaign ad that he was uh, featured on the farm, I believe it was a square body Chevy. And what's more American than that? General Motors, man, all the way. All the way, even though, uh, you know, wiring was made in Mexico, the block was... <laughs> uh, the engine block might have been made in America, but the internal parts were made in Canada, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so well, that's just sort of the thing that, you know, they try to um, really demonize their op- opponents by, you know, thinking they're in a different class. And to be fair, Tester is a multi-millionaire. I think it was three-some million or so. But he's still pretty... F- poor considering the senate he's like 40th out of actually that's about half midway through he's middle class in the senate congratulations tester so true middle class yeah but uh, apparently the most of his worth uh aside from this uh home that he has a uh a loan on in washington the cosmopolitan castle as some people have called it um, is uh, all farm equipment on the farm itself. And as you know, farms are easily worth over a million dollars. Yeah, it's probably a lot of that's acreage. Um, that estate that he's got in D.C., that's pretty big compared to a lot of the other senators, isn't it? Well, no, he is not the richest senator by any stretch. No, of no, I don't, worth, I don't mean so. he's... Like rich, but I'm like the estate he has in D.C. It's like just a big property, isn't it? Uh, no, uh, it was listed as a three-bedroom house. I think people are making it sound like it's this huge, like massive megaplex. Um, it the Cosmopolitan Castle, as they call it. Exactly, but it's only got three bedrooms. I believe it, and it's not, it's worth under a million dollars, uh, seven hundred fifty-six. Um. Which, according to most reports in, in scanning the region, is quite a... That's about average for that um, that area, so... I, I don't... I'm it's, not sensing the royalty. Th- it's three-bedroom, 1.5 bath, about 1,700 square foot. And I don't know what footage equals in real things. Um, so if your house is... Uh, you know, smaller than 1,700 foot, uh, he's definitely the 1% to you. Well, I mean... Yeah, so he, that's just uh, trolling, I think. I mean, $700,000 seems like a lot of money. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that, you know, when you leave Montana and go to these populated, expensive places, that that's what a normal house costs. I mean, three bedrooms, 1.5 baths, that sounds like a family house. Yeah, in Los Angeles, good luck. Um, <laughs> New York, my goodness. What's a better, house? <laughs> <laughs> you better have at least one business. Yeah, there you know, there was just a troll story. And speaking of trolling, the Democrats appear to be doing that to Gianforte. They uh, are introducing a um, journalist assault bill, um, which uh, you know stops short of calling a journalist a protected class but has some definite penalties for assaulting journalists. Good. And I have no um, idea who they're uh, keeping, who this bill is aimed towards. Not the slightest hint in the world, but, uh, you know, again, it's sad that they have to have something like this, similar to the bill about uh, teachers not having sex with students, you know? Yeah, you'd think uh, that you could pretty much not be assaulted. Well, 
Let's dive into a much more serious issue. Um, this one just popped up, and it's definitely in response to the uh, New York abortion law that I'm sure our listeners are already aware of, even though it's not Montana. Um, House Bill 302, uh, Life Begins at Fertilization. Oh my, saw this coming. Every sperm is sacred, Bryce. Oh, jeez, would you get that, dear? <laughs> so, fertilization... Uh, that brings it too far back uh, for me. I don't think this is going to, you know, even if we get a vote, because this is a constitutional amendment. So not only will it require a, a two-thirds vote, um, after it gets that vote, it will go on the 2020 ballot for everyone. So that, I don't see this happening. Yeah. Um, good luck, man. Uh, it's going to keep, this is... You know, of all the things that are argued about in society today, this is one that's going to stay 50-50 at all times. Like, there's just going to be no budging on it from where it's at right now, I don't think. Well, even with the majority that uh, they have in the House and, and the Senate, the Republicans, that is, the uh, two-thirds is, you know, it, it's designed to be a hard goal to reach. So, you know, maybe if they made it... Uh, you know, a little less extreme as fertilization, maybe, you know, second trimester on, etc. So, uh, but note that this is not, I read through it and I don't recall even seeing the words uh, abortion in there. Um, it's just stating, trying to make that a fact that life begins at fertilization. So, yeah, it's not going anywhere. And there's, uh, there's other bills coming up and some coming down from the national level that, uh, I think might have the same lack of traction. So, Danes is co-sponsoring a national born alive bill. Um, it's a born alive survivors protection act. Which before I was reading through this, uh, I didn't think this is a thing. Apparently, if you have an abortion and it is not successful, you are considered human at that point. I guess. So it's sort of weird language to me to to run through this. Uh, does that make sense to you, Bryce? Um, basically, if you, you are in the process of abortion, the child is surviving, but the uh, care providers have an obligation to that child at that point is basically what the bill says. You know Which, it. Rebel from the waist down. <laughs> it, You know, that sort of makes sense for me, and I thought that would be a, a, a normal thing, but, you know. Yeah, teen distortion, man. Um, I... Uh, I mean, yeah, at that point, I mean, I, I, the, sur, I don't know, I guess the, the whole idea confuses me, abortion survivors, like, I didn't think, I don't know how the process works in that regard, um, and if you call me uninformed on it, I'm gonna stay that way for now. And apparently there's thousands of these survivors, uh, according to, you know, right-wing um, you know, faith-based uh, media that I've been listening to. Uh, sometimes it's only AM radio station you can get when you're in really remote parts of Montana. So there, uh, apparently there's thousands of them. I haven't, you know, looked to back that up. But, you know, in, in regards to abortion, you know, this is a very polarizing thing, but um, they're shouldn't be any survivors because I'm a bit uncomfortable with an abortion taking place where there could be a human involved, which is why I mentioned that first trimester thing earlier. Yeah, didn't we have like, the whole late term thing 
it's all been cleared up before. Like, well, not in New York, that. apparently. Like, I, can you go in there at nine months and be like, cut her out? And they'll just yes. Be like, yeah, I'll, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know that that's sort of what I set up to uh, up to that. So I mean, uh, yeah, I okay. I'm up for not allowing. I mean, I, if that's that's, I feel it's a decision that you should make a little sooner in nine months. Um, absolutely. And, and in their defense, uh, I've, I've only sort of glazed through the New York bill because once again, it's you know not Montana, um, but it says uh, you know basically says if there's going to be harm to the mother um and and it's sort of written in a way that makes it seem like that if you know the mother's going to die in childbirth or the kid's going to die in childbirth that they should then have an abortion even if they're nine months um and but it leaves some ambiguity there um so it's not specifically specified but i think that's what they were going for but they purposefully left it sort of open i see how often does that happen though yeah, uh, I don't have any statistics on this. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, no, there's not a lot of. Well, you know, that's where you get the HIPAA standards involved too and stuff. So you're not going to get a lot of accurate numbers. I don't think on something like this. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case for sure. So, uh, well, Danes is a co-sponsor of that bill, but he's also been doing other stuff, and um, a lot of us, you know, we follow Tester a lot, but Danes, we we don't hear a whole lot about. He doesn't make the news as much as Tester or. Or his other counterparts. So he's sort of been up to normal Republican stuff like death taxes, IRS procedures, and the like. Um, but he appears to co sponsor a lot of testers' bills. A lot of them, from what I can see, almost all as I'm just scrolling through these uh, this tester legislation. I keep on seeing Danes' name come up. So I, I guess they're, you know, working as a unit over there in Washington. Yeah, you know, you need buddies. So I'm sure, you know. They should fly on the plane together. I was going to um, say, well, you know, Danes is a newer dude as well, so he probably doesn't, and he wasn't a billionaire going into it because uh, Gene Forte had sold off his business to Oracle before all this business happened, uh, but Danes didn't have an Oracle business to sell off. So he went into this like far, uh, Tester did, you know, maybe a quote-unquote millionaire on paper, uh, with the fancy house and all that jazz, but still, he he's not at that uh, plane status yet, you know. So, and probably just end up on this, uh, um, bumping into Tester a lot on on the uh, old uh, flight <laughs> in there, you know. Tester first flight in, you know, you're flying first class is kind of crooked. He said, "Nah, man, it's totally cool." You see. Uh, you just get reimbursed for it, and there's no law that says you can't do first class, so you can book first class, and then Danes is like, ah, oh, thanks, dude. And so now they just fly first class all the time together, and just bros, and they uh, watch all the movies on the Delta Sky channel thing. <laughs> they could be bros. They they should all be flying on the plane together, in my opinion. Uh, Indeed. We're going to have one plane going. Uh, you know, it may end up like the, uh, you know, the day the music died with the big bopper if something goes wrong here, but... <laughs> Oh, can you imagine that? All three of them on the same plane? Jeez. I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but um, you know, if that's the case, though, aren't the president and vice president not allowed? Meeting to be of the, the minds, just uh, going at it, getting things done, and you know, getting a plan together to advance Montana ahead of the rest of the other states. Montana first. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely build the be- wall around the state. 
So he's doesn't sponsor a lot of legislation, Danes that is, but he uh, does co-sponsor quite a few and work on fews. Uh, there's a few native things he has in, so it looks like there's another ally in Danes we have over there in the Senate. Um, so like Senate Bill 227 for missing natives, there's a labor law for 226, and then native uh, veteran native housing assistance, because you know all about those veterans. Um, so finding this info wasn't that difficult. Congress.gov, and you can look up the actual text of bills, see who voted for it, against it, who's sponsoring it, etc. So there's maybe just the same amount of transparency we have as uh, legal, or leg.mt.gov, where you can look up Montana bills and get their actual text and see what part of the process they're in. Excellent. So a plug for that. Perfect. Which leads us to a sharp interruption for our next plug. Another business out of Great Falls for a small business shout-out. Did you already forget? (laughs) What, five loaves? We've already done them. Uh, We did five loaves, but we did not do Perry's Food Basket. Oh. Oh! Oh, yes, correct. Uh, Perry, well, sorry, I don't see it noted here. You're Um, right, it's not. (laughs) Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to just mind read in that regard. But yeah, no, uh, Perry's Food Basket in Great Falls. It's on a corner of, gosh, what is it? It's 2nd Avenue North and... It's on the one way, a little bit up from the uh, the school over it's there. It's a block up from... It, it's a... It's a block east of uh, Roosevelt on 2nd Avenue North. Yeah, so, but... It- if you're in Great Falls, you know exactly where Perry's Food Basket is. Exactly. Is. And if you do fucking go there as much as you can, man, it's the best. 2700 2nd Avenue North, of course, owned by the Perry's, or Perez's. I've never been sure how to say that. I've, I've sort of known them on a first-name basis. I went to the school of Great Falls High, like most uh, sensible people in Great Falls did. So I, I spent a mini allowance and a mini lunch over there at the Food Basket. Me as well, uh... At Great Falls High, that was always a lunch favorite. We would uh, jam over there as fast as we could, go in, and we'd always get some nachos and soft drinks and the likes. And uh, even before then, back, I, I went to Roosevelt as a, as a child, so uh, that was always the first stop, stop after school on like Fridays and such with your allowance money. Oh, absolutely. So a staple of the community and there was a time when, you know, Great Falls and most other communities had these small, you know, locally owned, family owned little convenience stores nearby. And that's gone by the wayside, I guess, for the supermarkets and the uh, large grocers. So, I mean, the corner store is where you used to go for your, your basic supplies, usually. Times have changed. Pretty much. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, bait or corner. There's not a lot of basic supplies that they have there anymore, other than, you know, refreshments. Uh, you know, your small snack items like that, and then lottery tickets and smokes. But, um, you know, still, those are needed items. And, uh, you know, if you need snacks, it's still worth getting them there over going to the town pump because uh, Arizona's are still 99 cents. Oh, excellent. Well, it says right on the can, I would, I would hope they are. So, yeah. small business shout out. Uh, well, well, let's, yeah, I guess, end the cast on a positive note. We went to some dark areas again. We gotta, you know, stop doing that. But it happens when you're in politics. Uh, 
I didn't even know this had closed, and I'd been to Billings a number of times since this. The Rex, the restaurant in Billings, was the at one point the fanciest restaurant in Billings. Uh, is has been closed for a year apparently. I've never heard of the place. Uh, it was the fanciest place to eat in all of Billings, and, and thus all of the region. Uh, very expensive, and I had actually been there and played jazz before. So did they you have know that it was so high band. class? Well, you know, they had a jazz band that's uh, to screams high class to me. Oh, so or did you go in wondering why they had you there? <laughs> I, I wonder that wherever I go. I mean, <laughs> who uh, didn't do the background checks? But in in good news and even better news than apparently that's going to reopen in the summer with a new name. I don't know why you changed that name. It's a classic facility. Um, but the Billings Beat is back uh, in previous episodes where I was <laughs> r- really looking for something uh, to to end positive on. Um, the, <laughs> the Billings Beat did not deliver any new content, but they do have a new one up. Uh, the Rex is set to reopen in sixty five million years, and because uh, it's you know dinosaurs, the Rex, it's. Uh, uh, that, that's the joke there. So, and what a joke it is! It's hilarious stuff all around. So, uh, for some good humor that apparently only updates once every couple months, um, thebillingsbeat dot com. Uh, did we talk about Shopco at all? By the way, uh, we talked about it in the last episode, but not about the Great Falls one. Uh, it was Haver that was losing one, and I think somewhere else. Oh, okay. Well, let's add Shopco, uh, Great Falls to that list, everybody. It sounds like uh, they're doing their final swan song here, and uh, Great Falls is on that list. Oh, man. Uh, wasn't that facility going to be in North 40 later on, which is a local Montana-owned business? Or is um, that a- North 40 is at the uh, Kmart right now. It's getting totally revamped there on the corner of, what is that, Smelter Avenue in the Northwest Bypass? Yep. Um, well, maybe they should just, uh... wait, wasn't. No, that's Big R that's further up. So there's going to be Big R and then, you know, Vacant Shop Go, followed by North 40 in the old Kmart building. Is it Big R or is it North 40? I thought, was it? It used to be Big R. Okay, it used to be. Wait, Wait. it's Big R North 40. Big R is North 40. Stop this. Yeah, stop this shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) So North 40 is now moving two doors down. No, North, North, where's North 40 at right now? Um, well, there's one further up on 10th, close to the, uh, you know, end of town. Yeah, so, no, this is over on, this is over by Arby's on the other on the west side. Right. Yeah, so Kmart over there. That's where uh, North 40 is going. For a that, second location, not closing their first one, right? Correct, just a new, bigger location. And then uh, I don't know what is going in Shopco after they uh, close up shop. But that is prime real estate open now, so who knows what's going to be in there. Well, we'll we'll find out. Um, It may just get stood up and and set to decay just like the uh, Westgate Mall does. So, which... Potentially, but I don't know. There's still... Like, I think that place will continue to be the uh, shopping strip area just because everything is so engraved there. Like, you have the Sam's Club. Like, that won't – you won't see the Sam's Club go anywhere, I don't think. Right. And it, uh, it was Ace Hardware that I was thinking of and I was uh, ah. wrong on. All right. Never mind. So – and there's a TJ Maxx over there. 
What in the world? Yeah, there's TJ Maxx, Ulta Beauty, I believe is they have over there. The Buffalo Wild Wings up front, Domino's. Uh, Burger King is still up there as well. And yeah, no more shop code though here pretty soon. So be looking forward to some liquidation deals. It was Big Bear Sports Center. Big Bear. Big Bear. Yeah, they, apparently they shut down. They shut down. Yep, no more Big Bear for yeah. quite a while now, actually. Oh, well, I haven't been there for some time, which is maybe part of their problem. Yeah. Support local businesses, everyone. <laughs> Indeed, support local businesses. Uh, well, I'd say that concludes this episode. Um, you know, let's go ahead and jump into the business things real quick here. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you want to do that? or uh, Yeah, I can? absolutely. Right. I can yeah, you got here. the great voice for it. Um, nice. You know, if we're, you're probably already here listening to us. Our website is going to be montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to be on the show or drop any kind of questions or concerns to us, our email address is montanavoices at gmail.com. Uh, to reach out to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is going to be at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook account is at Montana Voices Podcast. Uh, if you would like to look for any of our episodes, you can find them all on YouTube easiest by searching for Montana Voices Podcast. And then also I'm going to go and just plug it now because I'm probably going to jump on and do some testing with it because I finally have everything set up and I'm proud to announce uh, the premiere of the soft release of the trial test run of our Twitch stream here, twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. Uh, I finally purchased Far Cry 5. We're going to try it out here. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, we're going to do a trial run, see how we do. You know, if, uh, we don't do too well. If I start screwing up and dying too much and not getting very far, we're going to kick it over to City Skylines instead. And we're going to try and build the greatest socialist society we can. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Montana Voices, episode 19, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.